the Mind Body Connection podcast. The body and mind. With your host, Dr. Phil Parker. Welcome. It's just gone 6.30 in the UK, which means we're doing yet another relaxation and calming session. So welcome to everybody who's listening in on Clubhouse or who's viewing this on Facebook because we're streaming on two platforms uh, this week. And today's focus is going to be on learning how to deeply become relaxed and calm. Those of you who've been here on this platform before will know that uh, I've been training for many, many years to learn some skills that just through the power of words and my voice will help you really, really help you to feel relaxed and calm. And all you need to do is just tune in and listen. And today's session is going to be on specifically learning how to become calm, but also learning how to develop a deeper sense of self-compassion, which is something that uh, is a theme for this week because it it was self-kindness day at the beginning of the week. But it should be something, of course, that shouldn't just be one day a year because self-compassion, self-kindness is a really, really significant factor, not only in emotional well-being, but also in health. It has a, there's an interesting study they did where they had people doing self-compassion meditation and they examined the ends of the tel- telomeres, which are the little parts of the, the genetic structure. And they found that those people who did self-compassion, there was an improvement in the integrity of the, these little ends. And very often with aging, they start to fray. But it turns out that just the self-compassion exercise has an effect on that genetic structure. So what we're going to do is uh, as people come into the various rooms, welcome everybody, but whether you're on Facebook or Clubhouse, great to see you. What I'd like you to do is if, if you're hanging around, all you need to do is just turn down the lights, switch off distractions. And if you are driving, obviously don't listen to this uh, or pull in to the side of the road safely, because as you relax naturally, your focus becomes more internalized and your whole body just slows down. So let's begin. What I'd like you to do as you listen to the sound of my voice, I'd like you to pay attention to the words, their meanings, and the spaces in between the words too. Because Your unconscious mind, which is the part of you that takes care of you, it remembers to do things like have a drink when you're thirsty, to breathe when you're asleep, to control and manage your muscles throughout your whole being and body. And so, As I talk to you, I will be communicating on a number of different levels to both your conscious and unconscious mind. So just allow yourself to enjoy the experience. And to start with, 
what I'd like you to do is to allow yourself to notice your breathing. Just become aware of speed at which you're breathing, where you're breathing, is it happening in the upper part of your chest and the lower part, or maybe you're breathing more through your tummy or your belly. But wherever it is, that's fine. Noticing that, noticing where you are, the sounds around you, how your body feels right now. So where you're touching the surfaces in the room, temperature of the air around you, maybe even the feelings, the back of your left knee or your heel on your right foot. And as you do that, I'd like you to allow yourself to just drift all the way back in time to somewhere that for you is deeply and profoundly relaxing. And I don't know where that will be out of all the hundreds and thousands of moments in your life. But as you drift back here now to this particular calming, relaxing place, notice as you do the first things that just draw your attention. Whether that's things you can see that are close to you, or maybe things slightly further in the distance, over there. Colors and shapes and shades. Movements and stillnesses. How deep those colors are. The sounds and silences that allow you to even more deeply reconnect with these powerful, relaxing experiences and sensations. And just by doing this and stepping into this neurology two really important things begin to naturally unfold. First of all, your body switches gently and easily into a part of its nervous system called the parasympathetic which manages relaxation, nourishing, nurturing, calmness. And this is really, really good for us. It gives us a break from focusing outside and lets us just flow and drift in a really healthy way. 
And the second thing that naturally occurs as you do this is you begin the magical process of rewiring and retraining the neurons and nerve pathways in your brain, which in turn allow easier access to these powerful and important, deeply healing physiological changes. So that each time you hear my voice, either in your head, slowly talking, or if you re-listen to this at another period in the future, or if you just take a few moments to tune back in to this session in your memory, it will be enough to re-spark and to switch on these powerful and life-affirming pathways. And now as you drift deeper and calmer with each breath that you take, Allow yourself to focus on this important sense that I mentioned at the beginning of self-compassion and kindness. Self-compassion and kindness is an essential building block to moving you through your life, to doing whatever is important for you. And it's essential as a starting point for being there, present and kind for others. So take a few moments and begin by connecting with what it feels like to be in touch with that sense of calmness and kindness somewhere in your life, a moment where you really noticed how it feels to be calm and kind towards someone else. That might be a friend in need, 
might be an animal that you're fond of, a person, child, where you're in touch with that ability to really be present and kind and well-intentioned and forgiving to that other person. And by doing that, connecting with this sense of kindness, I'd then like you to just turn that towards yourself. To generally bathe yourself in that kindness from top to toe. Just pour that into yourself with each breath that you take. Notice how that feels now for many people. That's slightly less familiar and takes a little time to allow in and gain that familiarity. And that's okay. In the process of developing self-compassion, we need, first of all, to be kind as we're learning to do it. So if you notice any aspects of you that are having different conversations, just be kind to them. If you find your mind drifting, thinking about things are not relevant to taking this time for yourself, just be kind to them as you bring yourself back to this conversation. And particularly, I really invite you to not just scan your body for compassion, but to notice if there's any parts of you, any aspects of you, whether that's your behaviors, your actions, the way you relate to other people, or any physical parts of you that you haven't got a great relationship with right now for various reasons. To begin by bringing kindness and compassion to those parts of you. Now, for some people that feels like strange, an unusual thing to do. If that's you, then that's great. Because that means this is probably a part of you that does need a bit or possibly a lot of kindness. So that could be physical part of you that's not doing quite what you want it to do. Could be a relationship that you wish was different. It could be the way you're relating to someone else that you wish was different. It could be some conversations you've been running in your head that you wish you didn't have. Bring kindness to those, treat them 
like Ram Das suggests. He said, when I go into a forest, I see the trees. And I notice the trees, some are tall, some are small, some are straight, huge canopies, and some struggling to find their way up to the light. So they twist and turn, move in different directions slowly like trees do, growing against the wind, trying to find that light. He says, when I walk in the forest, I see the trees and I admire them. I admire the tall trees standing tall. I admire the little trees for believing that one day they will be there bathed in that light as they grow. And especially, I'm thoughtful for the trees that have had to twist and turn and bend themselves and shape themselves to find their way up to the light. And he said, and I notice that I'm not so good at that when I see people trying to get what they want. When I see them bent out of shape, strong and tall or tiny. And maybe I need to learn to bring that kindness I see and give to the trees, to other people. And especially especially to myself. So I wonder, do you treat yourself like you might treat those trees, just doing what they can do, trying to get on, not perfect, not symmetrical, just doing their best, one of the things I often say is everything we ever do, given who we were, what was going on at that time, the resources, situations available to us, we made the best decision we could have done based on that moment. We never go out of our way to cause ourselves trouble. We're always trying to find solutions. Sure, sometimes they don't quite work out, but we're always well intended in one way or another. And so as you learn what you need to, both consciously and unconsciously from today's journey, slowly allow yourself to stretch into this new version of what's important. So, so important to spend time every day reconnecting with what's essential for you. You can get caught up in the everyday stuff, 
bringing yourself back to a few moments for you. Some people might think that's selfish. It's not. It's really important to spend time for yourself so that you can give to others. So appreciate and acknowledge the fact that you've spent this time today, whether you're listening to it live or you're listening to it on, on catch up, that you spent the time for yourself today as a gift to yourself so you can be present to you and present to others. And so slowly bringing this feeling back, we're going to come back to the room in our own time, just bringing yourself back. And as you do, notice where you are, what the temperature is like, what your breathing's like. So you come back fully, but with a renewed sense of what's important for you in terms taking care of yourself, being present in a new way. And then we're going to open up the floor to questions. So uh, we've got, as I say, a feed from Facebook and a feed from Clubhouse. If you would like to ask a question on Facebook, just pop it down in the comments. Or if you've got any uh, comments about what we've just done, what it felt like, do put them down. I can read them out. If you're on Clubhouse and you want to uh, contribute, then please just uh, wave your hand or unmute your mic if you're on the stage. Emma, how are you doing there? Hi, um, I have got a poor connection, so if I drop out, <laughs> that's why. I hope you can hear me. Really relaxing and um, reminding me of that book. I don't know if you've seen it, Be More Tree. Tell me more, be more tree. It's really thinking about what we can learn from trees in terms of our own resilience and compassion. And I feel that that's just so powerful. So thank you, Phil. My pleasure. So I was talking just before the call. My dog has just come in, if you wonder what that noise is in the background. Just before the call, I was talking to a really lovely friend of mine who I met recently on Clubhouse, who's a uh, PhD in cognitive neuroscience, who is also a dryadic priestess. Um, so she studied with indigenous tribes in about five different countries where they particularly pay attention to trees as uh, being... Um, spiritual ancestors I think I'll have to find out more about the details from it and uh, that's one of her things so she combines uh, cutting-edge PhD neuroscience research with a kind of a, a, a deep connection with ancient traditions around uh, the power of nature interesting stuff uh, there's a few comments coming in so thanks for talking about trees Emma let me see what the comments are um, very soothing, excellent. I love the idea of being kind to others and then um, feeling feeling it in yourself. Very good. Um, do you think that listening to one of these sessions once a day could make a significant difference to the immune system and healing over time? Absolutely. And the evidence is quite clear that if we spend time encouraging parasympathetic nervous system activity, which is a part of us that nurtures us, and is actually involved in immune system function, then we do get a positive response. If we look at the opposite side of the coin, if we live in stress, that's absolutely clear that is really destructive for us. So anything you can do to get out of the stress cycle is gonna help you. And as I said in the meditation, not only does it help you in that moment, it rewires your brain so it's more likely that you'll be able to be that way in the future. 
So it, it works on two levels. Uh, if anybody in the uh, audience in Clubhouse does want to speak, just uh, click the hand button and we'll get you up on stage. Uh, we've got some other questions here from Facebook. Um, it's a question about the lightning process here. Do we have a children's version of the lightning process uh, for a seven-year-old? I think it would really help them. Yes, in fact, the youngest person to do the lightning process was about five, I think. Um, but seven is a good age to do it if they want to. There's a slightly different uh, version of it, still the same materials. Um, but if they're up for it, as always when you're working with children, the first thing you need to make sure is they want to change, not just the parent wants them to change. But yeah, absolutely, it's, it, they love it. And the, when working with kids, kids just generally, uh, kids are so much more used to learning new things they don't bring with them a lot of baggage about, is it true? They're like, oh, okay, that makes sense. I'll take it on if somebody's telling me it. So they're very often uh, more ready to take on new ideas. Okay, guys, we're going to end this session. Um, great to see you. The Mind Body Connection Podcast. The Body and the Mind. With your host, Dr. Phil Parker.